Bylog is connection, conversation, community. We believe life is better when we are connecting through relationships. Thank you for joining us. Okay, we are talking to Teresha Terry, um, who is from St. Thomas, and she's a teacher that is residing with her family in Virginia. And we just wanted to talk to Terry as a teacher to get some insight for parents that are um, schooling at home with their children. We know it's a stressful time, and as a teacher, we know you have insight as to things that would help them in this, especially if they've never done it before. So what tips can you give us? So I have three tips that I'd like to start with. The first one is to um, develop a routine, a predictable routine. Um, My second tip is to listen to your child. And my third tip is to um, have reliable resources or know what resources you have available to you. And when you say listen to your child, can you expand on that a little more? Sure. So your child um, was the one having the classroom experience. And so when work is now being um, provided, you know, via a a packet or an online um, platform, your child is going to be able to tell you whether or not they know the information, if they're struggling and need your help. So that kind of allows you to bond with your child in the sense that maybe you as the parent weren't familiar previously Mm -hmm. with the curriculum that your child was um, Mm -hmm. being introduced to. And so now here's your opportunity to better get to know what your child is learning, get to know your child as a student, since you're now becoming the, I guess, quote-unquote, at-home teacher Mm -hmm. um, in this pandemic. And so... It's very important that you're there for your child. And then as far as keeping a schedule, would you suggest that they kind of stick to the main schedule that they normally have when the children um, were in school? Or like if they're used to getting up at 7 or 8 versus letting them sleep in, have breakfast, is that what you mean, like predictable routine? So the routine... In reference to a regular school day will have to vary Mm -hmm. because at this point, the classroom experience really cannot compare to what's now, you know, the the new normal, Mm -hmm. the at-home learning experience. So if a child typically wakes up at about 6.30 a.m., has breakfast, takes care of their needs, and they're out the door by perhaps 8 o'clock on a typical day and goes through their normal seven-hour school day, that child now has to pivot. They no longer have that structured routine at school. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent, you really have to create that for them. Now, mind you, um, a child may um, need your help. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily able to create their own schedule. You know, you, the parent, have to step in and say, okay, well, let's maybe work this out together. Mm-hmm. So um, on a personal level, my children do not have to um, wake up at 6.30 as they usually did in the past. I'm letting them wake up maybe two hours later mm-hmm. because I'm not getting up at the same time <laughs> because I don't have that. My flexibility 
my, my schedule now allows me to be flexible. Yeah. And so I get to predict and dictate what this new schedule will look like. Mm-hmm. In thinking about um, the way the child learns, a typical child's um, attention span is, in terms of education, in terms of rule of thumb, their age plus two. Okay. So my fourth grader is 10. And if you add 10 plus 2, that's 12. So roughly 12 minutes is, you know, her typical attention span. So that tells me as the teacher, you know, if I'm wearing a teacher hat, that after 12 minutes, maybe 15, Mm -hmm. she needs either a brain break or some type of um, a shift in activities that she's looking at so that she can reset her brain to focus in again. Mm -hmm. on whatever is in front of her. And how long should that brain break be? Typical brain breaks are about two minutes. Okay. Maybe even up to five minutes. Okay. Um, Again, you kind of need to know your child, but a typical break is no longer than five minutes because then you don't want them to zone out Mm -hmm. and lose that focus. It'll be very difficult to bring them back into focus if that break is, is any longer than that. (laughs) all right and when you say know your child um because i know in the classroom or you know teachers of course they know how their students learn they've been with them all year they're there with them you know for a good amount of time not only that but as a teacher you are around students especially if you've been a teacher for a while which i know you have been a quite a bit a long time so you tend to know the patterns and you may be able to tell very quickly, oh, that child I'm going to need to pay a little bit more attention to or, or exactly. things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. parents need to, I guess, kind of keep that in mind as well. And, right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, with the current situation, a family dynamic may um, experience a shock mm-hmm. in that some parents are maybe struggling to find food struggling to find mm-hmm. where the next dollar is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're waiting on government assistance and mm-hmm. it's taken too long, there's this new stress that's been added on top of the learning experience for the student. Yeah. But that brings me to my third tip of knowing, you know, or having reliable resources. Mm-hmm. So one of the um, go-tos I tend to see parents need or don't know how to reach out and do or find is actually the student's teacher. The teacher has connections in the community within even the school building community. And it's okay to reach out. It's okay to say, I need this. I need that. You know, my struggle is this, or I don't know how to help my student during this difficult time. Their main classroom teacher is a great resource to have. And a lot of times, if you don't build that relationship with your child's teacher, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to become even more difficult or you may feel ashamed and not even want to be willing to reach out. But mm-hmm. now is not the time to, you know, build up pride for up a wall. You know, if you have a significant need, you really need to just reach out to that teacher and say, hey, look, these are my needs. How can you help me? Or I'm thinking I need help. And that would be good, too, for them to even take into the future if you are not familiar with what your child is learning and the resources available. This is a perfect time to get a little bit more involved. 
so your child also feels that they're not out there winging it, mm-hmm. but they have the support of, of their parent as well, and they're doing this as a team. Right, exactly. The other thought that I had um, was in, in reference to, you know, the comparison between the classroom experience and the new normal, mm-hmm. if I could call it that. If a child is in school roughly about seven hours a day, you know, they're coming into contact with their, their main classroom teacher, maybe the PE teacher um, or the, the librarian, the Spanish teacher, the computer teacher, et cetera, the art teacher. And now the, the plan, at least in my county, is certain students only have maybe up to an hour of required learning in one day. Mm. So the parent now, if they consider that, have to become very creative in filling in that new schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, some might feel pressure to recreate the classroom experience. Mm-hmm. But if you're not a licensed professional, you're not a licensed, excuse me, educator, it can become overwhelming. You don't know where to start. You know, you may be doing more harm than help. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of goes back to that predictable routine. If you tell your child, okay, this is how, you know, the new home learning experience is going to look. We're going to start with getting up and eating breakfast. And by 8 o'clock, maybe you're doing your first 30 minutes of learning, whether it's math or language arts or reading a book, mm-hmm. depending on what your county has put out as um, the requirement or the new learning plan until the end of the school year. In between, you might have a brain break. And then maybe that break could include a snack, followed by your next chunk of learning, which may be another core subject, and let's say in this case, um, language arts, Mm -hmm. followed by maybe lunch at around maybe 12, depending on the dynamics of your child's, you know, needs Mm -hmm. and family needs. And then you could follow that up easily with one of the other activities that your school has provided, perhaps with the Spanish, through the Spanish teacher's platform, art platform. Etc. And that kind of rounds out the day roughly so that parents don't feel like, oh, my goodness, where do I start? And then that's where you where the reliable resources that you mentioned um, can come in, too, because if they only have a, an hour of required learning, mm-hmm. I guess a negative of that could be the student is like, oh, I only have an hour. And the parent may be like, oh, you only have an hour and we're done. But right knowing that this is the end of the school year and then we're going into summer, you mm-hmm. want to make sure because there isn't there something as far as that slipping of the learning experience if it's too much of a time period with the utilization mm-hmm. of the brain. Like I know they talk about that in the summer months that children tend to lose. Right. So they re- mm-hmm. Some may regret. Mm-hmm. Um, you may also hear, hear it termed as a slide. And what's kind of unfortunate is we're not even into the summer months yet. We mm-hmm. still have roughly nine weeks mm-hmm. of learning for, let's call it quarter four. We're, to the, we're in the home stretch. But what's wonderful is, depending on the county that you are, you know, being served by, um, some counties have decided to only focus on what students have already learned. Okay. So, so that would be your learning, your, your, you know, your core standards for quarters one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're not allowing teachers to bring in new concepts because mm-hmm. at this point, some students, some families may not even have reliable internet. Mm-hmm. They might not have the required 
um, iPad or system to be able to even allow you to access that work. Mm. And so that brings in the concern about equity. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you be fair to all students and meet all of their needs, yeah. considering where they are now and mm-hmm. where they need to be? Mm-hmm. And so if we couple that with the thought of, oh, goodness, here comes the summer months, parents need to be very adamant, very determined to make sure their students don't experience this life. So on a personal level, as a mom, my children never go through the summer month mm-hmm. or months and not do any any type of learning. They mm-hmm. have their typical the workbook that covers all the content areas. Mm-hmm. I always buy them one. Or at this point, I have a sixth grader, so we found it very difficult to find a book mm-hmm. last year. But I, as the teacher, know what resources, what free resources mm-hmm. are available at my fingertips. And I could quickly say, okay, today you're doing math tomorrow you're doing science for example mm-hmm. and that keeps and their brain active it keeps their brain active and it, it's really just enough mm-hmm. it's just enough to make sure okay you're still keeping what you've already learned yet you're still allowed to have some freedom some downtime mm-hmm. and so families again can be very flexible in what a typical day would look like during the week for their family, their students. And then this is even a, a good time because if they're, if you're in an area or a county that is not introducing new concepts, this mm-hmm. is a good time to review with your child what they have already learned. Um, are there some tips that you can mention? Because being that everyone is at home, there is flexibility mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to Um, And if there's no new concepts being applied, Mm -hmm. even going back to what they have, if they had a book in English or something they needed to read or, you know, Mm -hmm. language arts and stuff like that, there are ways that they can revisit that with the child in a a different dynamic. So um, I think what's great about wearing the parent hat and the teacher hat is I know how to to stretch my children. So if I decide, okay, it's Monday, my child um, has no language arts today, but I want her to read a book mm-hmm. or recap a book that I, you know, we've had around the house for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I could then ask her as an extension to, okay, rewrite the ending of the story or write the story from the perspective of the main character. And so in doing that, because we already know that this new learning is not different type of learning is taking place, mm-hmm. we can now ask our students to do even more. We can dive deeper into the learning across those three um, quarters that have basically gone by mm-hmm. so that there's a sense of new learning without adding additional pressure and stress. Yes. The other thought I had was if families feel like they're a little bit lost in terms of reliable resources or even just knowing what my child should know, excuse me, at their age. A lot of times the Department of Education, and I'm in the state of Virginia, so Mm -hmm. I can go online to the Virginia Department of Education and I can see typical mm, examples, standards, testing, or practice tests items 
of what my child should know from kindergarten all the way to grade 12. Okay. And so you get a really good sense of where they should be Mm -hmm. by the end of the school year and where they're getting ready to go to in the following grade. And so that goes back to being very focused, adamant mm-hmm. about being there, being a support for your child, because who else, who else is your child going to turn to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there is nobody else. The teacher's not physically standing there saying, okay, turn to page two or mm-hmm. eyes on the board because we're going here and next. That's not there anymore. Yeah. It, it looks different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks very different. What are some negatives that you have seen or things that can be improved in this time that you may have possibly seen with the at-home learning experience? So what's interesting is it has been a struggle as a teacher to have to learn a new platform. So Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to push out student work online Mm -hmm. through a platform that I was never familiar with. I heard about it, and I'll, I'll name it Seesaw, mm-hmm. one word, and after having the online tutorials and, you know, just digging in there and learning a few things as I went along, I've learned that it really is a beautiful platform to have. It's almost like an online portfolio of student work, mm-hmm. and because it's an online portfolio or a place, a hub where you can find student work, you don't have, you no longer have to worry about students not returning things, students losing things, mm-hmm. parents saying, oh, I didn't get it, because the parent or the family has access to the student page or to the student work. Mm. And so it bridges that gap. But in reference to now my children's um, first week of official online learning, there was a huge failure in that they won online learning was a success. Everyone was able to get online. Mm -hmm. Um, If the teacher posted a video, the video streamed perfectly. And then day two came. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Something's wrong. Thousands and uh, tens of thousands of students had to um, cancel their learning for that day. And then we rolled around and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, no learning for the rest of the week. And so apparently the platform was not updated recently or um, I think within the last two years it hadn't been updated. That was one thing I heard or read online. Mm -hmm. Or it was on the flip side, you know, it was just overwhelmed. Yeah, by the amount of people. Mm -hmm. Of students going on at a particular time of day. Okay. And so that is a, a big drawback. Because, again, that's learning loss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, then they're on distracted the, onto something else. <laughs> well, n- may not necessarily be distracted, but I just see it as learning loss. Mm-hmm. And then now the parents have to, or whoever, the caretaker has to scramble mm-hmm. to now build in a new emergency schedule for the day. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I could have gone in the positive light. You know, go outside, go to the park. My family and I went on a, a family, um, if you could call it, excursion. We we discovered a new park 10 mm-hmm. minutes up the street from our house mm-hmm. with historical ties to George Washington. Oh, wow. And a beautiful experience. It was sunny, not too hot, not too cold. And we just 
took that moment and made it family time. Mm-hmm. And so you definitely need to be flexible when it comes to this new experience that we're having. Yeah. Everyone's trying their best. And so I can only hope that my students are being supported and students around the world are being supported in the way that best helps them mm-hmm. move forward through this trying time. And so on the flip side of that question, I guess you just mentioned one about the positive aspects of this, because I know there are a lot of negative aspects. You know, there are a lot of people that have lost their jobs and, you know, or on pause with the job and working from home and still have to, well, I need to get my child situated with their schooling and, you know, stress here, stress there. This is closed. That's closed. You can't go here. And it's just... Why? You know, just your normal experience, even just going to the store, you know, how they have that set up, you know, depending on where you are. So, but of course, with every storm, there is a silver lining. What are some silver linings that that you have seen in regards to with your students? I know you mentioned one with the platform and um, being able mm-hmm. to bridge that gap of communication between the family, the, the caretakers and Why? the teacher. Um are there any other uh, areas that you have seen that are that have become a positive um, out of this as a teacher? Well, I think of two things. I think of, yes, again, the fact that the family has to really become a close-knit unit at this mm-hmm. time because there's nobody else you could really rely on. Mm-hmm. I also think about um, the fact that, yes, even though things are happening out there, there's still things good that's happening so Mm -hmm. i find that i'm getting to learn about my colleagues more Mm. i find that we're we're kind of hunkering down and like we're going to help each other as much as we can to get through this Mm -hmm. and so if you take that and flip it to the family dynamic it's the same thing Mm -hmm. you need to again listen to your child get to know your child to the point where you know are you helping are you hurting how can you fix this Mm-hmm. Also, if we consider the fact that this pandemic may or may not continue into the fall mm-hmm. semester of the new school year, then I, as a teacher, would have already prepared myself for potentially having to continue to use this new platform. Mm-hmm. The family would have hopefully learned and become adjusted to this new way of learning so that if it in fact continues into September, let's call it, Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be as many issues. There wouldn't be as many complaints and and uncomfort, discomfort in in having to continue in this new direction. Mm -hmm. So I see that as a huge silver lining. Cool. And even if it, I guess, normalizes um hopefully Mm -hmm. that's even something that would continue be beyond that if the parents and the teachers see the value of that communication and they can be more involved without you know everybody's busy they may not want to come in and talk to the teacher but they can go online and be able to see and have that communication that way and as you said yeah yeah, and have that teacher to be a resource because they should you should have a relationship with your child's teacher so that you know you can understand where they're at how you can help them and, and all of that. So that's cool. Now, right. you are also a parent, <laughs> even though you are a teacher. Is there anything that has stood out to you 
um, as far as like surprising or, oh, this is really great on either end, you know, regarding your experience, because you are going through this also. So you do understand, you know, the parent's point of view, even though you are a professional teacher as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So two things. So I I go back to the thought of summer school learning Mm -hmm. and the slide on at this time, my county is unsure if we're going to have um, summer school, but they're working on plans behind the scenes, and so that is a positive, mm-hmm. and that just lets me know that they're thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. They also are thinking that perhaps it will be an online platform, and since we already kind of have that in place, it wouldn't be a difficult um, situation. Mm-hmm. And the second thought I had, which is kind of in reference to your question, so as a parent, I think about the weeks prior to the official week of online learning where in my children's county they were practicing. Mm -hmm. So um, I would make them get up at, I believe, 9, 9.30, go around the corner, get our breakfast and lunch for the day from that's being provided from the county, Mm -hmm. you know, let them have their breakfast time, and then... You know, one at a time, they would go online. And I, at that time, was dictating their schedule. Mm -hmm. I was the one saying, okay, I want to see you do page one, which entailed, for example, 30 math problems, just to kind of give you a a number Mm -hmm. for the day. And so I took a picture of the answers, and then they would go off in their room, get that work done, and then the next one would go online, do the same thing for math. I don't necessarily check. I didn't necessarily check it that day, but I knew they were getting some kind of content, some kind of academic learning happening or practice happening. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I was able as a mom, because I'm still working from home, by the time I was able as a mom to check it and sit down and have that one-on-one time with each of them, it was very telling. It was very apparent where their strengths and their weaknesses were. Mm -hmm. And then I, as the teacher hat now, I could go in and say, okay, I know why you made this mistake. Let's work out this chunk. Or, hey, why did you write that answer? Or did you forget? And so I can do questioning from the teacher's side Mm -hmm. to to help them get towards an answer or to help them have an aha moment because they missed something. Mm -hmm. And so it does help as a teacher slash parent to be able to do this. Yeah. But I, 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 um, you know, I, I groan almost for the parent that doesn't have the skills to do this, yeah. that doesn't have the time to do this. I'm trained to stand in front of roughly 30 students several hours a day. Mm-hmm. I can do it with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. the stamina. Mm-hmm. Parents that are not licensed educators may not have the stamina the patience and other skills needed to just do an hour of Mm. sit down at home learning with their child. It may become a very difficult situation when, again, a parent is looking for their next dollar, looking for the next um, meal Mm -hmm. and are just stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it has been eye opening in that I know (laughs) where my, um, my kids are academically, mm-hmm. and I and I know where they're supposed to go based on the resources, videos, um, 
email correspondences from their teachers. I know where they're going. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. is a, a plus. My girls' teachers are reaching out. I'm getting those correspondences. Mm-hmm. They could be a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say there could sometimes be a lot of confusion, but I'm determined. Mm-hmm. So I write things down. I, I read the emails three times. I, I send emails back and say, okay, explain this piece. I'm, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. really take a, um, a tenacious person to be able to do this. Yes. And it's always, it's not that they can't become tenacious. I mean, I mean, because right. even in this, you are mirroring or m- mentoring, I could say, for lack of a better word, your child in how to navigate difficult situations. Oh, absolutely. Because this is like perfect for that. It's not just a family. Sometimes there may be a family or two or three going through different difficult situations, but everybody is going through this situation. So to even be able to navigate to your child, this is not the time to just slack off. We still have to push forward. It can be done flexibly because we are at home, but this is also a time to gather more together because I know like when we were growing up, well, I, I think we were different ages, but when I was growing up, it was, you know, we didn't have the push for all the activity and soccer and this and that and everything right. like that. We were, you know, it's like go out and play with the neighbors. So you, you were connected that way um, more around your home versus right. all these activities. So I know some people may, because I'm, I homeschool and I, uh, a lot of the homeschoolers are also having a problem because they're so used to activities and take your child here and there for the different right. um, learning experiences. And so to just take a step back and to say, this is a time for us to become a little less busy. And to me, kind of join that old school way with the new school way, because we have internet right. and everything now. Um, and to just connect together as a family. This is a perfect opportunity for that. Have you found that with your children to be able to talk more and to learn more about them in this time? Whereas, because we're kind of forced to be a little more quiet and, right. and together. <laughs> I like that. I think that we're forced to be more quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about the personalities between my two girls that they're just, uh, you know, polar opposites. One's an extrovert and one's an introvert Mm. and one um, absolutely loves to try new things. Whereas the other one just wants to get it done one time, Mm -hmm. one shot, that's it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think also about how, how do we really connect not just with our family members, but also with the community. Mm -hmm. Everyone is dealing with this pandemic. Yes. And some are dealing with, it in a more severe way in terms of lives lost or they're the ones ill mm-hmm. or, or watching people that they love just go downhill their their, their health is deteriorating mm-hmm. and so it, it's almost like i think you know they also need to know that it is perfectly okay that you are stressed out mm-hmm. and so it goes to you know, no secret classroom. That's one of the big takeaways from a, a training that I had years ago in a different county mm-hmm. that I worked in here in Virginia. Um, the name of the book is The Skillful Teacher, if okay. I'm naming it correctly. Um, that was um, a huge moment for me, not just teaching-wise, okay. but personal-wise. 
Mm-hmm. So we talk to our children a lot. I, I can remember um, transitioning between the Virgin Islands and having to move to Virginia out of necessity mm-hmm. and talking to my young child at that time. She was probably in kindergarten, maybe first grade. And I'm literally telling her, I'm sorry that you just made a new friend. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have to go. We can't stay here. I know you're going to miss grandma and life is going to be different. Mm -hmm. But what was nice was she had already been to Virginia. So we were just kind of in a transition time. Mm -hmm. And so if you take that with you, even into the classroom, no secrets classroom, my students know, and it goes back to having a predictable routine. My students know from the moment I walk in Mm -hmm. to the classroom, because I'm a traveling teacher. Mm -hmm. My first time in a county, I should say, having to travel from room to room. Okay. And so I don't have my own classroom. So Uh when I get in there, I set up my materials or I, you know, I'm I'm putting my, I'm plugging in my computer and making sure it connects to the smart board or the screen. Mm -hmm. And then I start to either put the timer on for maybe, let's say, three minutes. And that's actually a lot of time, but three minutes. Mm -hmm. So it gives both them and I a visual okay in three minutes i need to be ready for miss boy's class or in three minutes i need to finish my snack so it really depends on the class so i'm just kind of giving a bridged example okay. so in three minutes my students know they should have their pencil out their spanish folder out and ready to learn and so i also post thereafter um what are we doing for that day this is your learning for the day so if you tell students or if you tell your child this is what we're doing, it does not allow really for a moment for them to get off track or get mm-hmm. far off track. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps them in the know. It keeps them aware of what's going to happen. And so there's less anxiety. Yes. So there is no, and in my case, Miss Foy, I don't understand what you're saying or I don't know what's coming next because I, you know, I have those friends who would use I don't speak Spanish as an excuse. Mm-hmm. I just point. So I may point to the English information and say it in Spanish, and then they get the, oh, or the, you know, okay, I'm with you now, kind of look. And so that's so important. So in my house, we have, like, a chore schedule. Mom, Dad, Paris, and Sydney. Mm -hmm. Monday through, I think, Thursday, because it kind of just rotates. Mm -hmm. So we already know, okay, well, who didn't feed the cat? Mm. Who didn't clean the bathroom? Who didn't do this or that? Now, it's not a perfect system because if there's no dishes because we ate out the night before, mm-hmm. then so-and-so can't do the dishwasher job mm-hmm. of taking out the clean dishes and packing them away. That would have to roll over. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the classroom. have to become a long-life learner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Google Earth is amazing it's an amazing tool that if you can't physically get somewhere mm-hmm. you can still get there mm-hmm. really. Really. It's really awesome and then the other resource that i was thinking about in terms of languages if if you're familiar with rosetta stone mm-hmm. you may not necessarily be as familiar with duolingo mm-hmm. duolingo is a free resource wherein you can learn different languages and it's not just Spanish and it's not just French. Mm-hmm. Oh. So uh, that's www.duo, 
L-I-N-G-O dot C-O-M, duolingo.com. That is one resource my students absolutely love. Okay. They do their own learning at their own pace. As a parent, you have to nurture that. It is an unprecedented time, Mm -hmm. but it is an opportunity to do more for yourself, for the family, and use it to just bring the family together, Mm -hmm. close-knit family. Yes. Thank you for joining Vialog. We'll see you next time.